If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 29 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, January 12th, 2020. Let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout-out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. It is 66 degrees here in New York today. 66 on January 12th. It's I love it so much. Most of you know how much I hate the cold, and I will never complain about unseasonably warm weather. I even have my room window open, so I have the fresh breeze coming in while I record this. It's so, so nice. But let's get on to the next segment that we always have here on Yapping Yankees, which, of course, as you know, is the poll segment. Now, this week in Yankee news, as you know, and we're going to talk about this later on, there were a lot of deals done to avoid arbitration for the Yankees, which is always a good thing because arbitration is often not a fun process, as we know. But a lot of deals were done to avoid arbitration. Two of those deals done were to Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez. They both got pretty good raises considering what they started out with around six hundred grand salary. And I thought amongst all of those deals done to avoid arbitration, we might as well do a poll just for fun based on Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and what people expect from them home run-wise in 2020. So I came up with the poll question for this week for Twitter and Instagram, as always. Got a lot of votes, a lot of replies, as I always do, and I thank each and every one of you as I do every week for always interacting as much as you do with the podcast. It is so appreciated. So here is this week's poll. We're going to start off on Twitter as we usually do. Here's the poll. Judge and Gary signed to avoid arbitration. Given that they got significant raises, here's a question regarding them. Do you think they combined to hit at least 80 to 90 home runs together in 2020? And of course, if you reply below, you get your usual shout out. Now, before I give you the results and we'll get started with the replies, the interesting thing about this poll was the results completely changed from the way they are now with the poll ending in just a couple of hours compared to the way they started. Pretty bizarre, but it's awesome. I love when that happens. So obviously the choices below in the tweet for the poll for you to choose were yes or no to whether you think they will combine to hit at least 80 to 90 home runs in 2020. And the results are as follows. The choice of yes was victorious. 61% of you believe that they will combine to hit 80 to 90 home runs in 2020. And 39% of you voted for the choice of no. And what I was talking about before is how the results were so different when this poll first started within like its first hour or two. The choice of no was winning by like 73 to 27%. It was like really one-sided. And then, and then, like, a few hours later, the choice of yes just made, like, an unbelievable comeback. And now, here we are at the poll ending in a couple hours, and the choice of yes is leading 61 to 39. It was pretty bizarre how it just changed like that, but it was pretty cool. So, with those results being that on Twitter, let's get into the many replies that I got. 
And we'll start things off with at BessieBest77 saying, I'm going with 77. Judge with more. Just a guesstimate. I do agree. I do think Judge would hit more than Gary. But 77 is a pretty good guess. Right underneath that 80 to 90 window. So just missing it. That's fair enough. And then we have at MountainGal456. To be realistic, Mike, I don't see them hitting a combined 80 to 90 home runs. Between the slumps and staying healthy these days, I just don't see it. But of course, anything is possible, but my answer is still no. I hope they prove me wrong. Well, for the sake of the Yankees and for the sake of Judge and Gary, I hope they prove you wrong too, Tina. <laughs> but honestly, I do get the reasoning. And when factoring in your decision for this, of course, health is such a big key to it, especially with the ways that Judge and Gary have struggled with injuries in the last couple of seasons. That's definitely a valid concern, and it should definitely factor in with people's decisions here, whether they could stay on the field and stay healthy and play consistently enough and not fall into those humongous slumps, as you mentioned, enough to at least reach that total. You're 100% correct. I completely agree. Gotta stay on the field. That's the main key. Especially after 2019 with how the injuries just took out nearly every single person on the Yankee team. Yeah, I would say it's very important. Then up next we had at Radio Shaktiv 93 saying, I'm going to say yes on the premise that they both will stay healthy for most of the season. On top of that, they'll be really motivated to do so by the disappointments of their first few years in the postseason. I mean, maybe their first few years in the postseason can act as a motivator. That's definitely true. Maybe they come in a little more hungry into the 2020 season. And if they do make the playoffs in 2020, hopefully that carries over into the postseason for this coming season. But yes, again, main key to it, health. It's got to be the main thing. They got to stay on the field. At Yankspar says, Gary hitting more than 40s, pushing it with the injuries he gets. Maybe 80 with the both of them combined. That's definitely, I think 80 is a fair number. I do. Then we had at Enough Nyer saying, absolutely not. Sanchez is garbage, slumps for way too long, and judges hurt too much. Add Sanchez to that, too. Now, you know that I'm a Gary Sanchez defender. I don't think he's garbage. I think when he's hot and he's on the money, I don't think there's many hotter than him, but you are definitely right about the slumps. You can't deny that, even if you're a Gary defender like myself. When Gary goes cold, he goes ice cold. There is almost nobody that's worse than him in a very bad slump. When he gets bad, it just looks like he forgets how to hit a baseball. It's unbelievable. But I do agree, slumps for too long when he does, and when he does, it's a harsh slump. But for injuries, who knows? I mean, if you look at Gary and you evaluate the player that he has become over the years, we know that when he's hot, he's an unbelievable offensive player. And we know that from last year, we saw a lot of improvements defensively behind the plate. Yeah, sure, there were some plays he could probably have stopped the ball still. But for the most part, especially comparing to 2018, I would say Gary improved massively behind the plate defensively. And if he goes on a lot of tears this season and, again, stays on the field... I definitely do think Gary can hit at least 35 home runs, at least. Because when he's hot, he's hot. I would not say he's garbage. He still has a lot of talent. But he does have to prove he can stay on the field and not slump as hard and for as long. And Judge has had his injury troubles too. You're right. There's no denying it. But we'll just have to see. It's something they have to prove in 2020 that they could stay on the field and put up very good numbers. Enough to be in that 80 to 90 range with home runs. And I'm not saying it's all about the home runs. Obviously, we know that baseball is more than just home runs, but it's just for the sake of the poll. We're just talking about them combining for at least 80 to 90. Then we had at Laker 477 saying, while I'd love to see them do it, 80 to 90 home runs is a bit lofty. I think they'll combine to hit 60 to 70 home runs this season if they both stay healthy, of course. Again, definitely health being the main thing. Couldn't agree more. Then we had at Laura underscore Icemont saying, I would love to see them hit that many home runs, but I doubt it'll happen. 
Both would have to be healthy all season long, and they can't be in a slump for a long period. As many fans have said already, I think they will hit 60-70 to 70 home runs. So you have a couple of people now saying that 60-70 to 70 is a more realistic window for the two of them. And that's fair. Then we had at peace now for life saying my first reaction was yes, but then I thought about it. 80 to 90 is a lot, even if they're both healthy throughout the season. I say 60 to 70 combined if both stay healthy is more realistic. Another 60 to 70. And of course, health being very important. Yes. And I also did see a lot of people saying that. And that tells me that it was a good poll. And I'm glad that people have this reaction to it, that they were thinking one choice and then had to sit and think about it for a second. It's a, that means it's a good question. Then we had at Todd underscore Keller saying if they can both stay healthy, 80 to 90 home runs is definitely within reach. We know they have the potential. We know they do. It's a matter of staying on the field. And as many others have said as well, not slumping. At Bobby Tat 631 says I think they could be a great power tandem if they can stay healthy throughout an entire season. It's great that they got paid, but it's more important they avoid the IL this season and avoid going into long slumps. Another great point. Again, no long slumps and health. That's what it's all about. At Run Read Repeat 12 says, Yes, they will hit between 80 and 90 homers this season. I expect them to be healthy and ready to rip. Past homer production by these two makes this a lock if they stay healthy. Again, the asterisk, stay healthy. Then we had at Mike F3825 says, Mike, both of these guys got to prove they can play 80 to 90 games first. I sure hope the training changes fix a lot of that. And that was something that a lot of fans were not hesitant to mention either. The changes in training staff. And maybe that will help the injury burden that haunted this team in 2019. And God knows, I hope it does. So that's a good point, Michael. Then next, we had my girlfriend at Vic Salimo saying this was a tough question. I really wanted to vote yes, but it depends on if they can both remain healthy to participate in enough games and or perform well in the games that they do play to make 80 to 90 home runs combined. They both have the potential. We will just have to see. And that's what I said before. I could not agree more with that. You know they have the potential. It's just they have to avoid long slumps and have to stay healthy. That seems to be the general consensus here because I couldn't agree more. I think it's correct. At official 52011 underscore two, I don't think more than 90 is possible because of injury issues for Gary Sanchez. That's fair enough. Gary has had his fair share of injuries, and when he's out, he tends to be out at least like a month. It never really seems to be a short-term injury for him, and we know that when he slumps, he slumps, as we said earlier. Then we had at the Rick 4444. The only reason they will not is due to health. I can see Judge hitting 45 if healthy. Sanchez 40 if healthy, which, of course, if you do the math, that reaches 85, which is within my window. Realistically, Judge 38 and Sanchez 32, which, if you do that math, brings them to 70. So, again, in that 60 to 70 window, sort of. But we do know that Judge has the potential to hit at least, like, 45 home runs a year because with the amount of games that he missed last year, if you do the math, he still would have finished in the 40s last year if he played a near full season in 2019. So, Judge definitely has the potential to constantly hit in the 40s total. Again, it's just a matter of health. Health, health, health. That's what it's about. At Kimberly1261 says, absolutely. I think they're both due for a strong, healthy season. And I think the excitement going into 2020 with the roster we now have will amp them even more. If they come out the gate healthy and hungry, we'll see 90s. That's bold. Then we had at Tegan Graham 23 says, yes, with the new strength and conditioning coach, they should have no problem totaling 240 plus games together. Also, these two are quite good at hitting baseballs, if you didn't know. 
I'm pretty sure we, yeah, we definitely know the potential, Tegan, definitely. Just got to stay healthy. And you did address that by saying the new strength and conditioning coach. We'll see if that makes a massive difference. And of course, we all hope it does. At C. Lawler 95, I voted yes to the poll only because I know if the both of them play at their top potential, it's possible. It'll take everything they have to reach 80. Injuries have to be avoided this year big time. Especially after 2019, I couldn't agree more. 2019 was like a nightmare you couldn't wake up from with the injuries. At Dean Zips says, I think they will, but not because they got raises. And obviously I know it's not only because they got raises. I'm just saying because of the deals that avoided arbitration this last week and they were part of it, I thought I'd just make a fun question because of them. Not because they got raises, but you get it. At mpain 318 says, that's just quite a few. Glad to have them both in the lineup though. Obviously, if you're not glad to have them in the lineup, I, I don't know what you would be glad with. At Joe Gucciardo says no, but just under that. All right, so again, another 60 to 70 or maybe 70 to 80 range. Some people thinking, hey, it's more than possible, and I think they will, and others saying, eh, it might be a little bit too much of a stretch. At Deb Seymour 51 says both too injury prone, unfortunately. Again, another thing with health. Can't really argue with that. It has been the past, and they have something to prove in 2020 that they can stay healthy. At Sports D247, 33772 says no, only because they can't seem to play 150. Again, going back to the health. Then we had at Seth 894, 34603. A lot of you like all those numbers in your name, I guess. If both stay mostly healthy, there's no reason whatsoever the two of them together shouldn't be capable of putting up those kind of numbers. So again, it goes back to potential. And I'm pretty sure we all know that throughout an entire full season without injuries and without extended slumps, it's definitely possible for them. The potential is there. They just have to prove it. At Medic 968, I could see them around the 80 range, but would not bet on 90. That's fair enough. At Leslie Teston says, I voted no. My heart says yes, but my head says no. I believe they can, but first we need to see them stay on the field and off the IL. I hope they both go on a major hot streak this year, Stanton as well. And I love that you included Stanton, Leslie, because that's definitely true. Imagine if all three of them go on a tear. You could have a home run total well in the low 100s, low to mid 100s. If they're both all healthy and avoid extended slumps, just the three of them, that would be murder. It would just be murder if the three of them played a full season without going into any really long extended slumps and playing at least 145, 150 games. It would be murder. It would be murder. Then you'd see the potential. At Rye Show 85, I think about 38 for Judge and 30 for Sanchez isn't out of the question. 80 to 90 seems like a stretch. That being said, I pray to the baseball gods that I end up sounding like a pessimistic fool. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> then we had at Yankees 1232, if they stay healthy, yes, injuries is their biggest obstacle. That's true. At Poncelionis 1 says, even if healthy, you might get 40 to 50 from Judge, but you won't get 30 plus from Sanchez. As much as I like him, I think he's overrated. He needs a lot of work behind the plate and he slumps too much. Well, I definitely do agree that potential for Judge if he stays healthy. That's without a doubt. I mean, we've seen him hit over 50 in the past in his rookie season, so you know it's possible. But we've seen Gary hit over 30. Overrated, I don't know. Because I, I do know that the talent is there for Gary. It's just a matter of the slumping too much, which is true. Because when he slumps, he slumps hard, as I've said already. And we know the offensive capabilities are there, as we've seen them many times before. And as far as work behind the plate, I mean, we saw a massive improvement in 2019. And maybe we'll see even more in 2020. I think that's just a matter of being patient with Gary. But I think we saw massive improvements from Gary behind the plate in 2019. 
And I think people should mention that more. But some people have their minds made up about Gary already, and that's fine. But I personally am a Gary defender because I do know that the offensive talent is there, and I did see the vast improvement behind the plate by him in 2019. And I do think he just has to put it all together by staying off the IL and not going into those hard slumps. If he does those two things, then that's full potential right there, and he'll be ridiculous. But I think the talent is there. And I think the Yankees realize that too, and I think that's why they hype him up the way that they do. Then we had at Juan J 79 says, always miss at least two months on the IL. So again, another thing with health. And again, they have something to prove. At Joe Campbell 8096 says, you have to remember these guys get hurt. 162 games is a long year and they need days off and being maybe two times on the DL. So they'll play in 110 games if they're lucky. Pitchers have kind of figured judge out and umpire strike zones aren't adjusting the zone to his height. The umpire strike zone is not adjusting to his height is definitely 100% true, and you will never get any argument beyond that, and I've had major, major problems with that in the past if you listen to prior episodes of Yapping Yankees, so that is definitely true. I was never able to get over how the umpires are just so boneheaded whenever a pitcher throws low to judge, even if it's like a whole foot under the strike zone, they call it strike three. It's, I don't even understand it, and I never will. <laughs> and it's beyond frustrating, and you have to imagine it's most frustrating for judge, because just think about in 2019, and maybe even in years prior, how many times he had the bat taken out of his hand because the umpires can't adjust the zone to his height. It's frustrating. It really is. But yeah, with days off factored in, and with time missed on the IL occasionally by them, and them having trouble reaching 110 games, and pitchers did figure out judge at times throughout the seasons, they would throw him that slider loan away over and over again. At times, he would fool him, and at times, he adjusted to it. It just depended on the at-bat, I guess. But again, it just comes down to there being a lot to prove as far as being able to stay healthy and not fall into extended slumps. You are right. At William Duncan NY says, I think they'll hit about 75. Judge will hit around 43, and Sanchez will hit about 32. I think that's a very fair total. 43 and 32, I I think that's beyond fair. At Jay Delmasse says, unfortunately, one is bound to get hurt. And until they prove otherwise, I understand people thinking that. At Yankee Sky says, no, until they show they can stay healthy enough for the season. So again, what we see over and over again by these responses, everybody's talking about their health, and they're definitely right about that. That's all the replies that we got on Twitter. Got well over 30 this week. Great interaction and a lot of voting. Probably going to hit near 300 votes as usual for each Yapping Yankees poll that we have. And again, as I do throughout each episode of Yapping Yankees, I just want to continue to thank all of you for all the replies, the voting, the constant interaction on the show. It makes the show better and more fun. And I really appreciate each and every bit of it. So those are the results on Twitter. Again, with the few more votes that continue to pour in with just a couple of hours left for voting time on the poll. And of course, even after the podcast is done recording, you could continue dishing out your opinions. And you can always head to the tweet itself with the poll in if you want to see the replies for yourself. But it's totally up to you. There's a couple hours left. And again, the choice of yes wins for now on this recording. Again, more results may pile in in the next couple hours. But right now, the choice of yes leads by 62% against 38% of the people that say no. So the majority of people on Twitter believe that Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez will combine for a total of at least 80 to 90 home runs in 2020. Very interesting takes and good insight on Twitter. Let's head on over to Instagram with that. Obviously, the same poll question applies. Do you think Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge combined to hit at least 80 to 90 home runs in 2020? And the results are as follows, and it looks like it is near the same thing on Instagram as is Twitter. 
64% of you say yes, they will, and 36% say no, they will not. So it seems to be, as far as the choice, unanimous yes on both social media platforms that they will combine to hit at least 80 to 90 home runs. And here are the few replies that I got on Instagram for the polls for their shoutouts. First up is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, says, When Judge and Sanchez are on a streak, they're deadly. They'll have a few for sure. It'll happen. And that's true, and especially when they're both on a streak together, you're going to see a whole lot of home runs. You're definitely right about that. Then the Dark Knight 025, or my good friend James Celestin on Twitter, as you may know him, at AnimeSoldier01, says, When healthy, they can. Now it will be hard, because they never stay healthy. But I believe it can be done, especially since both players want to prove something and win a title for us. And again, that could be a motivator from the way 2019 ended. Somebody said that on Twitter as well. It could work as a motivator for how they do in 2020. We'll see. Then Capture00 says they can't stay healthy. Again, that goes back to it. They have to prove it. They have to prove themselves. Then my good friend Matt O'Leary. I love giving him a shout out. Mattio underscore 95. Be sure to check out all of Matt's content. Follow him on all social medias at Matt O'Leary NY. Matt says 40 for Judge, 32 for Sanchez. I think they'll both be relatively healthy. 80 to 90, while not unreasonable, seems a little high, so I'll take the under, but not by much. And I definitely understand that, Matt. And Matt seems to be in the bunch where it seems to be 60 to 70, 70 to 80, and then 80 to 90 just seems to be a little too much. And again, we all come back to the same thing, it seems. They have a lot to prove as far as being able to stay healthy and stay away from those extended slumps. Otherwise, they'll be able to do it. And as mentioned on Twitter, it could be even more deadly if guys like Stanton have killer seasons, just imagine it then. This lineup could be pure murder, especially with the addition of the now killer rotation with the addition of Cole and the elite bullpen as they usually always have each and every year. This Yankee team has a potential in 2020 to be very, very dangerous. And if people like Judge and Gary hit their full potential, stay away from injuries, stay away from extended slumps, it could be that much more devastating for their opposition. So with that being said, those are the results votes, replies, and everything for both social media platforms on this week's Yapping Yankees poll. And once more, I'd like to thank all of you before we move on to Yankee news. And with that being said, there is a whole lot of news to be spoken about this week when it comes to the Yankees and a little bit of Major League Baseball news that came out throughout this last week as well involving the Red Sox. So let's get right to it now with the news portion of Yapping Yankees. There certainly is a lot to cover from this past week as far as news, especially with the Yankees. And as we know, this week was really the week for deals to avoid arbitration. The Yankees reached agreement with all the players that would have been eligible. The Yanks and Gio Urshela agreed to $2.475 million avoiding arbitration. Gary Sanchez also avoided arbitration and agreed to a one-year $5 million deal, which, as I said, was part of the poll, was him getting a significant raise over what he was making before, around six hundred grand, along with Aaron Judge, who we'll get to. James Paxson agreed to a $12.5 million deal to avoid arbitration, and Aaron Judge also agreed to his $8.5 million deal to avoid it. Also a significant raise for him. And I even tweeted this out a couple of days ago. I am very happy that Judge and Sanchez, although it was just a one-year due to avoid arbitration, it's still a significant raise for the both of them compared to what they were making before. It's well-deserved. They have a lot of talent, and I'm glad that they got it. And hopefully it also motivates them even more in 2020 partially. They also agreed on deals to avoid it with Jordan Montgomery, Luis Sessa, Chad Green, Jonathan Holder, and Tommy Tightpants, Tommy Canely. (laughs) 
So the Yanks obviously getting deals done and avoiding arbitration, thankfully. As I also said earlier, arbitration is often not a fun process. You may remember the whole arbitration situation with Dellen Batances back in 2017 and with people questioning whether or not it caused a rift between him and the Yankees and all of that. It's just not a fun situation. So it was good to see the Yankees agreeing to those deals. For many of the younger guys, as I said, especially Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge, their new deals are a big raise considering many of them started out making around 600 or 700 grand, as did the both of them. So definitely a great thing for them. And again, very happy for them. But other than deals to avoid arbitrations, the Yankees also made a couple of moves this past week. They officially signed Brett Gardner to his one-year deal with the 2021 club option that was discussed a while back. So welcome back officially Guardy, and to make room for him the Yankees did DFA Stephen Tarpley so that really made it official that Gardner is going to be back I'm definitely happy as I've said in prior episodes when the deal was first announced but it was unofficial back in December I am very happy that Gardner is back this year I know that there are a lot of people out there that don't care for Gardner and a lot of haters which I could never hate anybody that has dedicated themselves to the Yankee organization or any one organization like Gardner has with the Yankees. I think it's extremely admirable considering how much sports, not just baseball nowadays, is just a business. But Gardner really holds the Yankees close to his heart. He's unbelievably loyal, and I have a great respect for that. I just do. And along with the fact that he's coming off of one of the best seasons of his entire career, probably the best season, when he's supposed to be declining, transitioning into his late 30s now, (laughs) which is really incredible. I definitely think he earned a return to the Yankees this year. So I'm very happy that he's back. And I would be more than happy if he repeats something even remotely close to what he did in 2019. He had such a great year. Especially, again, he's supposed to be declining. And he had an uptrend from his performance last season. It was awesome. Love it. In other Yankees news, Chris Iannetta also signed a minor league deal. You may remember him bouncing around from team to team, like the Angels, for instance. He'll probably compete for the position of backup catcher throughout spring training. He'll be 37 years old in April. And again, a lot of you already know a lot about Chris Iannetta. You've seen him on a few different teams. I said the Angels earlier, as well as the Rockies, the Mariners, and the Diamondbacks. He would be a solid backup, I think. I think he would definitely be a solid backup behind Gary. Doesn't do too much with the bat, but he'll put up okay offensive numbers, and he's good behind the plate. And his fate will probably ultimately be decided in spring training, as will the fates of many other Yankee players, which I think really makes spring training even more exciting than it already is, because not only is spring training the first look at baseball again for the first time in a few months, but it also holds the fate of a lot of players. How they do in spring training determines how big of a role they may or may not have with the team in the upcoming season, or if they'll even be on the team or not at all. So that makes spring training all the more exciting. We'll see how Chris Iannetta does. I wish him the best, and I think he'd be a solid backup. They also signed right-handed pitcher Nick Trapiano to a minor league deal. He'll be a non-roster invitee to spring training, and a little information on him. He's a Long Island native who has been with the Houston organization in the past, and last year with the Angels, he went 0-1 in three games in 13 and two-thirds innings pitch, and he didn't do much better in the minors either. And Also, apparently, he's the only one to record a one-pitch strikeout, evidently. And I saw the video. It was really weird. It was in the minors, and there was a really bad call strike one to the batter that he was pitching to. And the batter was arguing so harshly, it was such a heated argument with the umpire, that he called strike two and strike three right after. It was like, it was unlike anything I've ever seen before. But it went down as him being the only one to record a one-pitch strikeout. It was really weird. (laughs) He probably won't have a role on the team, but it is a move the Yankees made nonetheless throughout this last week, so it is worth talking about. Maybe he will have a role, who knows? We'll see. But that is about it for Yankees news this week. A lot of just avoiding arbitration deals, which is always good. Again, arbitration, no fun. No one wants to deal with it. So... 
thank God the Yankees were able to reach agreements with all the players that would have been eligible for arbitration if no deal was reached. We all remember the Dylan Batances thing back in 2017. Not fun. But as far as casual Major League Baseball news, this will be the last topic of the day before we wrap things up here. And it's just the Red Sox. What a mess. The mess continues. They were now caught cheating in 2018 using replay rooms for signs. So more electronic advantages that really are not allowed. And an investigation will be launched by Major League Baseball if it hasn't already. And obviously also more news that came out just a few days ago is that the Astros punishment will be coming soon at the time they said within the next two weeks. So now within maybe a week and a half because that report came out about a few days ago. So the Astros punishment that we have all been anticipating strongly will be out soon enough. So the wait will end soon for those of you dying to hear the punishment. And I already gave my takes on what happened with the Astros and you know I hope the punishment is severe. So I'm not going to get into all that again. Otherwise, quite frankly, I'll be here until tomorrow morning. But With the Red Sox, listen, it's a matter of stealing signs for live time. And there is a big gray area there where it gets complex and confusing for people to really understand and have an opinion on it. It's a complex situation. It is. But you can't steal signs electronically for live time. You just can't. Those are just the rules. I mean, people were posting articles about the Yankees doing similar things with replay rooms and footage and things like that back in 2015 when the rules for electronic gains were so much more laid back, so much more. And people do confirm that at one point or another, most of or all teams were doing it as well, which doesn't make any of it right. Don't get me wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right, as they say, and that still applies here. It applies everywhere in life. But ever since then, when Major League Baseball cracked down hard on these rules, the Yankees haven't done a thing. They haven't found anything. But since they did crack down on those rules, though, the Astros and Sox have still done it for the benefit of lifetime signs, and you can't do that. When a rule exists and is strictly enforced, you must adhere to it. It's as simple as that. It really is. And if you don't, you deserve to be punished. The Yanks and all other teams using some sort of strategy, technologically or electronically, seem to have stopped after the rules began to be truly enforced. But teams like the Sox and Astros did not. And thus far, within the window of when the rules were enforced more strictly, only the Astros and Sox have continued to do it reportedly. There's been no evidence of anything else. And they get even more attention, obviously, because of the fact that they won the World Series in the years they've been accused. So, of course, people are going to pay more attention to that because they won those years. It's only natural. You shouldn't expect anything less. Of course, the Astros reportedly started their thing in 2017 when they won, and the Red Sox are being investigated for their use of the replay room in 2018 when they won. So it's a mess, and it all should be punished if true, and we know the Astros' punishment is coming soon. It's against the rules, and obviously you know from my Astros rant a while back, I just think it hurts the game. I do. I'll leave it at that. It's just a really frustrating situation, and baseball doesn't need these scandals. It just doesn't, especially in the midst of Commissioner Manfred and all the owners just attempting to making baseball a better game by pace of game, which you all know how I feel about all of that. But they're all trying to make baseball a better game, a game that more people will watch, even though it still has plenty of us diehards supporting it to no end. But they're still doing all they can to make the game more appealing and more watchable for those who just can't seem to like it. Like, you know, they can't just turn it off and watch something else. But I know from Major League Baseball's perspective, it's about money and they want as many people as possible to watch. I get it. But they're trying to make baseball this good game in the eyes of those who don't like it. And these scandals are not going to help anything. You can't have teams doing this. It's just not right. If it's in the rules, you can't do it. It's as simple as that. Stop ruining the game. Enough. And I don't care if everybody's doing it. Two wrongs don't make a right. Again, everybody that does it when the rules are being enforced and when the rules in place should be punished. 
I said that in previous episodes on this subject, and I'm saying it now because I'm not a hypocrite and I don't back away from my opinions. I truly mean it. If you break the rules with something as severely as this, especially if it results in you winning a championship, you should be punished. Anybody involved should be punished. But now that the seemingly non-ending discussion as far as cheating is concerned with the Red Sox and Astros is out of the way, that is it for this episode of Yapping Yankees. And as always, I would like to thank you all so much for listening. One last shout out to Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And also while you're at it, be sure to follow me on all social media platforms. Why not? You're listening to the podcast, you might as well follow me. Be sure to find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well, which is of course the social media app that I'm most disgustingly active on. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero. And be sure to find me on Instagram as well at MikeScuds97. Of course, each week's poll, they're featured on Twitter and Instagram, so especially be sure to go follow me on both those platforms. Again, Twitter at Mike Scudero and Instagram at MikeScuds97. And also, as always, I do want to tip my cap to each and every one of you who vote, reply on the polls, who interact in general, send me messages with positive feedback on the podcast, and just support me each and every week by doing something even as simple as listening to a few minutes of each episode. It's more appreciated than I can put into words. I love each and every one of you guys for the support. Thank you all so much. I tip my cap, as always. And once again, thank you 3,000 for listening. I am Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, January 19th, when I come at you with episode 30 of Yapping Yankees. Episode 30. That is crazy. Time is flying. But until then, have yourselves a great week, and take care. Take care.